When a famous porn star is killed in an accident, all signs point to foul play. Caught in the shitstorm are two private investigators with vastly different approaches to the job. Hard-nosed, unlicensed PI Jackson Healy must pull his resources with alcoholic ex-cop and terrible PI Holland March to find a missing girl named Amelia, who appears to be the only survivor of a porno film crew who are being hunted down and executed in the 2016 action comedy The Nice Guys. I'm Connor Izagari. I'm Colton Jenkins. And this is Filmgasm. Happy Wednesday and welcome to the Filmgasm podcast. Today's pick is our final selection from the cycle, and it belongs to Oscar Sunday host Austin Johnson, who recently got married. Congratulations. Uh, he chose The Nice Guys, a critically acclaimed modest hit from 2016 that is still hilarious and exciting. No idea, really, why people stop talking about it almost immediately. Uh, but before we get into it, we've got a pseudo update on the rewind. This update takes us back to episode 81 on The Brood, episode 82 on Dead Ringers, episode 141 on Videodrome, and episode 192 on The Fly. We both went and saw David Cronenberg's new film, Crimes of the Future. And since the sneak preview is dead, we have nowhere to bitch but here. <laughs> and <laughs> frankly, we didn't we didn't care for it. We did not care for it. No. Uh, I, uh, before we started recording this, I was like, hey, I think we need to talk about this movie just to warn people not to go see it. And not for the reasons you guys think. I know that probably you guys are thinking, oh, it's so brutal. It's Cronenberg. He went all out this time. Uh, no, he didn't. I feel like he pulled his punches a lot in this movie. There's a couple scenes where like maybe I can see where people would get uncomfortable. But honestly, this movie was just straight up fucking boring, boring and confusing as fuck. It really was. I mean, I don't I, I, I don't know what it was about. I, I just saw this thing like a week and a half ago and I, I got nothing. I don't know what the fuck this was. <laughs> I remember as soon as the movie was over, we looked at each other and we were both like, that's it. Like it's over. Like because the movie just ends. Yeah, I'm gonna spoil it. The movie ends with Vigo Mortensen eating a um, a plastic chocolate bar and a tear rolling down his face. Yeah, I get something about like mankind. There's like a, a group of rebels who have the audacity to have stomachs that process plastic. <laughs> like that's gonna change all of society. I I don't I don't know. I don't know. Like I don't know surgery like. You know, extra surgery is like illegal, but also an art form. But no idea. I don't. And this is I've seen a lot of David Cronenberg. I know that you got to give him a, a bit of leeway when it comes to what the fuck he's trying to do. But the fly had a good story. Videodrome was engaging. The brood was amazing. Dead ringers I could follow. What the fuck was this? Like when the, when the movie starts, um, the movie starts with this kid uh, literally eating a plastic trash can and when that happened i was like well actually no it starts with a scene of this kid on a beach and there's like a rusting destroyed cruise liner behind him like turned over and he's like digging and then he eats a plastic trash can and i'm like oh shit this is gonna be interesting as fuck this is like obviously i know it's called crimes of the future but this takes place in some like maybe like post post apocalypse type thing and then the mom like suffocates her own child. And I'm like, damn. And then, um, yeah. And then geriatric, geriatric uh, Vigo Mortensen can't <laughs> swallow food. Yeah. And he's just growing organs for, 
our entertainment pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't there's a scene where Leia Seydoux like sucks his organ flap like like she's giving him a blowjob. Oh. Yeah, because he gets like a he gets like a zip. But why I don't understand. There's so many points in this movie where I don't get it. He gets the zipper installed in his stomach because he's gonna do some fucking beauty pageant where he can like flash people, his organs. Like, you know, like people dressed naked wear trench coats and then just like open their trench coat to show. Okay. That's what he was going to do, but with his organs and then his girlfriend sees it and she's like, Oh fuck. Yeah. And then she eats out his stomach literally like eats it out. It's disgusting. Yeah. Also people can't feel pain. There was a lot of ideas thrown into this that don't mesh. Yeah. And he just, I don't know if, I don't know. I don't know what he was trying to do. I don't get the message. What? Like we don't take care of our bodies. We should be taking care of the planet. Plastic is bad. I don't fucking know. I don't fucking know. Did you see the old one? The old movie called oh, yeah. Crime? Turns out he just reused the title. It's got nothing to do with... The movies have nothing Damn. to do with each other. <laughs> Damn, fuck, man. I was going to say, this makes me want to watch it. Yeah, actually, the other one's even worse. Like, even uh, received even worse. It's got, like, a 4.8 on IMDb. Like, that one I put in the potential pile for Beyond the Bad. Oh, my God. I'm just like... Uh he's he's hit and miss Cronenberg. I want to think of him as this like amazing iconic director, but honestly, like it's the fly on the brood. And then I could probably just walk away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I want to watch video drum. Cause that sounds like an interesting concept. Honestly, I've seen it twice now and it's, I, I get why people like it. It's got its moments, but I just, I, there's something I don't like about that movie. It's just, I, I like, a, I like a good story. And if I, a movie doesn't have that, it's going to be really hard to hook me in. And Videodrome doesn't have much of a plot. Okay. Well, neither did this. So, I mean, <laughs> you can only go up from here. Ah, true. So we'll I don't see. know how... Yeah. I don't know how it has bad... I mean, it does not... Sorry. I don't know how it has good reviews. Because there's certain filmmakers, and I, I believe... I can't prove this, but I believe this because of some like people I've met, people I've talked to interviews I've seen certain filmmakers carry around a lot of cachet and when their films come out if you're going to be one of the guys to say their film sucks you're going to be the one ostracized for being the idiot because you know this is a this is a David Cronenberg movie how could that be bad so I think a lot of it comes from that I've seen that with Scorsese and with Spielberg and with you know these guys who occasionally do a shitty movie it's not you know, no one's batting average is a, is a thousand. There's going to be a, some duds in a career that spans decades. It's okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just, I refuse to kiss anyone's ass. This movie sucked. Yeah, no. It really did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this review says to me, it seemed like high art gross out, which yeah. It was too like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. What's the, what's the word? Uh high art it was too like uh full of itself it was like it was trying to be smarter than it was very self-indulgent for sure yes yeah and uh yeah i remember i think you you said something of like that sucked or like was that it and the guy behind us started laughing (laughs) yeah oh my god man like because the movie just fucking first of all it's only an hour long Mm. or an hour and seven minutes i think so no, that, was, that was your other one. This one was about an hour 40. This oh, really? Full movie like this one. It, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, well, the, the movie just fucking ends because they set some stuff up 
And then it never, okay, so, okay, all right, all right, all right. So, I mean, do you care about spoilers on here for this movie? Because it fucking sucked. Like, I don't for this movie. Fuck it. If you guys want to come at us for spoiling crimes of the future, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> only you can spoil this movie. We'll tell you, and you still won't understand. The only one I feel like, my, I, all right, Austin, skip this part. Because <laughs> I, I know he wants to see it. So, this kid... You know, the kid from the beginning that eats the trash can and his mom kills him. The dad wants the two artists, the two main characters, to do an autopsy on the kid in front of everyone. Because they usually do a show where, like, he grows his own organs and then she'll use this machine to, like, tattoo his organs and then they take them out. It's fucking weird. It's whatever. But she wants to do an autopsy on this kid because he believes that this kid is, like, the next evolution of human. Yeah, he's plastic, under- plastic Jesus. Yeah, plastic Jesus. So they cut this kid open. They open it's it's I can see people walking out during this scene because it is a dead child being cut into, which is pretty dark, but yeah, anyway, so they cut him open, they open his like stomach, and you see all of his organs, and they're all tattooed somehow. Doesn't explain how, and then the dad freaks out, starts crying, and then he gets murdered. Weren't they and- like Weren't they Vigo's organs? Wasn't that the whole deal? Like he got filled with Vigo's organs that he'd been given to. I I think <laughs> did did I did I make that up or did that, that happen? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's what it was. I don't. I don't know, dude. I don't know. But for the whole movie, Vigo Mortensen's character can't eat anything. Like he sits in this weird chair that moves him around, and he can't swallow. And then he's like, oh, I can eat plastic. I don't fucking know, man. This movie is awful. And then just, that's how the movie ends. They, so they set up this plastic Jesus. They're setting up this conspiracy thing. And then Viggo Mortensen is like, oh, I can finally eat this plastic chocolate bar. And then it just fucking ends. <laughs> he's also an undercover cop, too, if that matters. Yeah, that, I don't know what the fuck that guy's op- op- like operation was. <laughs> Um, it's not like they're doing this underground. They have an audience. They sell tickets. <laughs> I'm going to say the scene, there's a scene where this guy, he's like covered in like ears. Oh yeah. That part was pretty cool. I enjoyed that part, but that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we got to see another movie to get the taste out of our mouths. So that's probably going to be the black phone. Black phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. movie looks good. I'm excited. I, um, I haven't seen sinister, but I want to. I like Ethan Hawke a lot, so. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm glad we were able to, to unpack <laughs> that for a little bit here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that is all for the rewind. Um, so was this your first time with the nice guys? Yes. I have never even seen a movie from the same director because halfway through the movie, I was like, wow, this movie's so fucking good. I got I to gotta know. Because it has an um, interesting... The way that it's filmed and everything, the, the comedy, I've never had, I've never seen a movie with this type of comedy. I don't know what you call it, but it's very like my style, like dry humor and everything. Like, I feel like if I was a PI, I would act just like Ryan Gosling's character. Yeah. Um, so irritated I, I look, yeah, exactly. And I looked up this dude's, um, the director's IMDb page, and I haven't seen any of these except for Iron Man 3. And Predator. Yeah, Shane Black. Yeah, we're going to talk about him in a minute here. He's uh, he's an interesting guy. Uh, maybe a genius, maybe a moron. I don't know. 
<laughs> it depends on the movie you're watching, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but the nice guys, uh, I saw this in 2016 uh, when I was still working at Alamo Draft House, and uh, I had to go to a different draft house because mine had uh, only one, like a few showings of it, and they were all sold out. So I assumed, oh, this is going to be great. It's going to do an awesome job. So I went to the Park North Draft House. I saw it, and I was in a fully sold out show there too. And I'm like, this is good. Damn, great. what? Yeah, and then I watched it. And I'm like, this is hilarious. This is going to be one of the biggest hits of the year. And then it completely disappeared. And nobody talked about it again until right now. Damn. Yeah, I don't get it because it's great and it's original and it's it's memorable. But that's not what sells tickets anymore. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've ever been in a sold out movie. I think maybe Endgame and No Way Home, I think were sold out when I went. But yeah. I think that's it. I tend to see the Marvel, like the MCU stuff, as soon as I can. Thursday night, like opening screenings, and those tend to be pretty sold out. Yeah. Uh, but especially these days, you don't see that a lot. Uh, Top Gun Maverick was selling out. That's about to hit a billion dollars worldwide, by the way. I don't know if you saw that. I haven't seen it, but I, I have to now at this point. I, I was not expecting that. I was expecting that to totally bomb, and I loved it. So I'm cheering it on now. Hmm. But uh, I do appreciate a sold out show because to me, it tells me like, A, this movie's going to make money and B, this theater's going to make money. And these days, I really want that to happen. Yeah, man, you can't beat the theater experience. I love going to the movie theater. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I know I'm like spending so much fucking money going to the movie. I don't, I don't know what it is about it. Yeah. It's I don't like know. My, my favorite way to watch movies is sitting in the dark with strangers. Yes, it's fucking weird. But it's fantastic and wasting like 40 bucks on popcorn and a soda. And it's the best thing ever. I don't even think about it. Like I will just gladly drop 40 to 50 bucks on, you know, a movie ticket and random shit that I could get down the road for like a buck 10. Exactly. (laughs) I don't care. It's so weird. (laughs) In fact, have you seen the uh, popcorn buckets for the new Thor movie? I have not. Are they huge? It's 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 Mjolnir. Like you're eating popcorn out of Mjolnir. It's going to be like 60 bucks, I guarantee it. And I'm going to drop that because you get to take home Mjolnir. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I feel like if you're going to spend that kind of money on popcorn, it should be a functional bucket you can reuse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, those were the days. And I was working at Draft House, so I got free tickets. Damn. So I saw everything. I didn't give a shit what it was. If it was there and I had time, I was going to go. Let me get a quick uh, food review real quick. Alamo Drafthouse's food is <laughs> great always. It's the best. I've never, yeah, I've never had their popcorn because I'm scared it's not going to be movie theater popcorn. It is. It's the best movie theater popcorn. Really? And it's free refills. Okay. All right. I guess, I guess I'll have to try it next time because I think movie theater popcorn has, is a very, I don't want to say niche, but it has, there's like a, a specific movie theater popcorn. Like if you go to, um, where was I? I was at a restaurant that tried to do like weird elevated things. It was like one of those like fancy restaurants, but they had like a popcorn thing for an appetizer. And it was like, it had like sea salt and like seaweed on it. It was really good, but I would never eat that while watching the movie. <laughs> yeah. I remember when I was working there, I'd get, you know, obviously popcorn is what we move more than anything. Mm. So I was just delivering so much popcorn, but people would get like, you know, a side of queso with it. And I'm like, huh. That's uh, and yeah, it's weird what people would get with their popcorn, but 
yeah, Draft House has, you know, their menu rocks. Uh, I'll plug that place forever. I don't ever get paid to plug that place. I used to get paid. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> it is the it's the only job I've ever had that I missed. I, I think about that place every day. I'm like, that was a, that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. Um, the Nice Guys was originally developed as a TV pilot after writer-director Shane Black couldn't sell the script to any major studio. So he had this movie and nobody wanted it. So he retooled it to be a pilot. And then there was no, like the story wasn't going anywhere. So we realized like, I got to retool this again. I could see uh, this as a TV show, honestly. Yeah. I think this would be great as a TV show. It was nearly bought by CBS, but the standard oh. practices department refused to sign off on the pilot's risque contents and Black didn't want to rewrite the, the swear words. And CBS was like, you can't do this. Yeah, HBO, honestly, would be pretty fucking nice. Yeah, so many opportunities. He rewrote the film, changed the setting to the 1970s. And after Black's mainstream success with Iron Man 3 in 2013, the script was bought by Warner Brothers. So you just got to have a big hit, and then studios will start paying attention to the stuff you really want to make. It wasn't originally 1970? No, it was like modern times, and then he (laughs) turned it around, made it 1970s, which works so much better. Yeah. Shane Black co-wrote and directed The Nice Guys. Some of his other films as a director include Iron Man 3, The Predator, and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. He has also written such films as The Monster Squad, Last Action Hero, The Long Kiss Goodnight, and Fucking Lethal Weapon. Jeez. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen any of those, but I, I vaguely know what they are. I got all right. I'm gonna tell you about some stuff in a second. As an actor, he played Hawkins, the first member of the squad to die in Predator. So he's been around for a long time. Okay, yeah. I have noticed that when he is doing his own original work, he is lights out great. But when he is part of a franchise, he is absolutely terrible. Because <laughs> Iron Man 3 and The Predator both sucked. You didn't like Iron Man 3? I didn't, and, and it's entirely because of the fucking Mandarin fake out. Yeah. I will so never forgive that. Exactly, but I, I like the whole, like, he wasn't Iron Man. He was just man in that movie, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, it did play with that line from the Avengers where Cap's like, you know, big man in a suit of armor, take that away, what are you? So I, I like that. Really, I, I have no problem with the movie except for that fucking fake Mandarin <laughs> shit. I, everything else is great. Yeah, that was fucking stupid. And then they did it again and well, they didn't do it again in Chang-Chi, but they like retconned that basically, like sort of. Yeah, they did the whole, like, you know, the real Mandarin had that guy arrested because he was taking his name and making him look bad. And I appreciate that. Actually getting a, a solid real Mandarin who kicked ass. Tony Lung kicked ass oh. in Shang-Chi. Um, dude, Shang-Chi has some of the best fight scenes in any Marvel movie I've ever seen. Hands down. Hands down. Oh, yeah. That was fun. I can't wait to see him join the Avengers and take on fucking Kang or whatever. I feel like he's going he's gonna to take the... Um, like Captain America's place as like the brawler, you know, like I think Spider-Man they're grooming, not grooming him. This isn't Ezra Miller's Miller situation, oh. but they're, they're, they're grooming Spider-Man to be the next like Tony Stark of the group, like the new, I don't want to say leader. Cause he's still too young to be a leader, but yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to see what the next group looks like, but um, yeah, Iron Man three just left a bad taste in my mouth. And I guess maybe, you know, now that they've fixed the Mandarin situation, maybe I could revisit the movie and try to try to get something back. But yeah. the, there's no there's no excuse for the Predator. That that was shit. The new one? 
Yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> I haven't seen the new one. I've seen the old one. I think I prefer Alien. I don't know. Like, I feel like I need to compare the two because, you know, they fight later. But I think I prefer Alien. Yeah, I think I've made that. I've had that discussion a few times on on this show with various people. And we always come to basically an agree to disagree situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you like Predator? I love Predator. Yeah. I am. I love that movie to death, but I love Alien to death too. I'm I'm neutral ground. <laughs> yeah, me and my dad are actually, um, you know, the line in the movie where he's like, "You son of a bitch," and then they do that yeah. stupid fucking handshake. Yeah. Me and my dad are getting tattoos of that of like the handshake with "You son of a bitch" because we watched that movie and it's so fucking hilarious. Now every time I see him, we do that. So. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's fucking beautiful. I love that. I wish I knew somebody named Dylan so I could scream that at them. Dylan, you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, uh, Shane Black's Hawkins in the first Predator, the guy who is constantly making the shitty jokes and then gets killed immediately. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, he, he really dropped the ball on the new one because the whole deal was like Predator is taking like attributes from from different beings across the universe and adding them to his arsenal and the one he wants on earth is autism that's okay yeah 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 dude oh my god look man look man look man look man look man i don't i don't uh like when when movies do the whole like autism is a superpower thing like i get it but no don't do that it's not yeah that's not nice it's not because because you can't you can't you can like oh it's a superpower it's like no it's not just Treat them like normal people, please, for the love of God. Yeah. There's a whole bus full of uh, soldiers with various mental conditions. Like, it's it, it's a very strange movie. No, dude. Yeah, that's why I didn't see because I heard the plot point is like Predator's nemesis is someone with autism. And I was like, I can't fucking watch that. And I was like, I cannot. The new one, Prey, looks badass because it's the Predator versus the Comanche in like the 1600s. Oh, shit. Okay. That's going to fucking rock. August 5th on Hulu. Cannot wait. It's called Prey? Yeah. What? Yeah. There's a trailer out. Check it out when we're done. It's awesome. Um, And I didn't know Shane Black wrote The Monster Squad, which is one of my all-time favorite movies. You ever, you ever heard of The Monster Squad? Monster Squad. Is that like uh, the one that's kind of like The Lost one? I guess it's not like The Lost Boys, but the kids are like grouped together to kill monsters. Like yeah. Frankenstein, Dracula. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's such a fun movie. It is. <laughs> I can't wait to do that on the show. We did it as a bonus episode a long time ago, but those were half-assed and pointless. So I want to do it as a full, full deal, and we will soon. I hope. Um, but that's Shane Black. You know, he's got some great ones, but he's also got some shit ones. But then again, you know who doesn't? Cronenberg. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As we just the argument <laughs> we just made. Everyone's doing their best. <laughs> I don't think Cronenberg was doing his best. I think he panicked. Honestly, and then he was like, "I got to get something out now." Fuck. Anyway, and you think it anyway. is weird to say like, "What am I going to call this movie?" And eh, fuck it, I'll just recycle. That's that's also kind of weird. Yeah, I don't know, man. He had another title in mind. I read on the IMD, on the uh, Wikipedia page that made way more sense. I don't remember what it was. I'm going to look it up right now, or it's going to bother me. Uh, Crimes of the Future, 2022, original, uh, um, it was, ah, fuck it, I can't find it, 
but it, it was, I think it was like body crimes or something like that. I don't body art. I don't fucking tattoos are evil. I don't fucking know, <laughs> but check it out. Um, let's talk about the cast of this thing. Oscar winner, Russell Crowe plays Jackson Healy, a PI with an anger problem. Uh, <laughs> Crow won his Oscar for his performance in 2000's Gladiator, was also nominated for his performances in 1999's The Insider and 2001's Beautiful Mind. He was also in L.A. Confidential, Les Miserables, Man of Steel, and the recent road thriller Unhinged. And I, I do like Russell Crowe as a performer, as a, as a human being. I think he's kind of a prick, but, you know, don't quote me on that. I agree. I, um, so Unhinged was great, in my opinion. Um, it reminds me of that of that Batman comic you told me about where someone cuts <laughs> off the Joker. Yeah. In traffic. Yeah. Um, Les Mis, uh, I don't like Russell Crowe in that movie. And it's one of the reasons I don't like Les Mis because I don't think he can sing. He kind of just talks the whole time. Yeah. Um, have you seen Noah? Yes, I have. I thought it was pretty, I usually don't like, you know, like religious movies, but I thought that movie was pretty fucking good. Like, mm. wait, right. Am I thinking of the right movie? I really hope I am. Yeah. It's where, he, where he's Noah and that one dude's eating like a dodo on the ark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't like Noah. Uh, Darren Aronofsky is a bit of an acquired taste. And I just, I didn't, I, I didn't, I don't have any religious, you know, upbringing, so I didn't have any prior knowledge of. I just knew Noah built a boat. Yeah, uh, he's just, gonna be Thor. That's interesting. Yeah, he's gonna be Zeus. Oh, pretty cool. He's gonna be in Craven the Hunter as well. No, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and they just announced that uh, Craven the Hunter for this new movie is going to be a uh, a vegan like nature protector. So the exact opposite of a hunter. I can see how they could put a spin on that, but uh, I'm pretty. Is it Craven the Hunter? Just isn't he called Craven the Hunter because he's he's basically Predator, isn't he? Yeah, that's like thing. Yeah, he's hunting like the world's most dangerous animals for trophies, and he's after Spider Man because he's like the ultimate prey. It's the whole point of Craven the Hunter. So, like, okay, you take that away, you don't really have anything left. So, so the next Spider Man movie is going to be Craven. No, Craven's getting his own movie. Oh fuck! Okay. See what I mean? See how this is all falling uh, apart? <laughs> they better make it a fucking comedy or it's not going to work. I mean, MCU. That'll eh, be funny. Okay. All right. Uh, but I love Crow as, as Healy. I think he's great as this guy who's like kind of a, he's a good guy, but he's just such a bastard in the way he does it. It's like he, it's like he doesn't believe he's allowed to have a good day. Yeah. Yeah, I was getting that. I was getting the feeling that if they, while watching this movie, uh, I kept thinking, wow, they should make a live action version of Shrek and Russell Crowe should play Shrek. <laughs> I can see that. That's funny. I like that. Um, <laughs> but who would have thought that he would have such great chemistry with, with Oscar nominee Ryan Gosling, who plays <sighs> shitty detective Holland March. Uh, Gosling was nominated for his performances in 2006's Half Nelson and 2016's La La Land. He was also in The Notebook, Drive, The Place Beyond the Pines, Blue Valentine, Blade Runner 2049, and First Man. He's also going to play Ken in the upcoming Barbie movie. So I'm sorry, the what? 
Yeah, Barbie is getting a movie. No, no. yeah, he's gonna be Ken. Oh God! It's actually, it's written and directed by some big people, so I'm, this this might be something. I I don't know. Who's playing Barbie? Margot Robbie. Oh my God, dude! What? I'm not gonna lie. I might go see that. Yeah. Uh, Shang Chi. He's in it. Okay, I might go see it. I might go see it. Actually, not gonna lie. But Ryan Gosling. I don't think I have ever seen a bad movie with him in it. Well, okay, I've seen bad movies with him in it, but he has never done a bad job. I don't. I, I, I at least I think. I'll phrase it like this: I have seen movies of his I didn't like, but I wouldn't necessarily classify them as bad movies. Yes. Like I didn't like Blade Runner twenty forty nine, but I'm very much on an island with that because that's a pretty beloved film. You didn't like twenty nine um twenty. You don't like the new Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I don't like any Blade Runner. I cannot stand what? that. I don't. I don't like the original. I don't like the new one. I'm done with Blade Runner. Why? I don't like. I think it's boring. I just. I don't understand why everybody thinks this movie's like like walk like this movie walks on water. I think it's just dull, like hard to get into, and just yeah, just not my thing. I can. I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. I think. I think. I just like. I like the idea of Blade Runner. And I like the cyberpunk aesthetic a lot. So fair enough. Yeah, I know I'm alone on this one. I've I've had to kind of, you know, just plant my feet and die here. It's I understand. <laughs> but yeah, La La, La know, Land, dude. La, La, La Land is fantastic. I do like La La Land. That was good. That was really my good. Eyes, my eyes always get a little moist at the end of that movie when she goes into the piano bar mm. with her new her husband. Oh. I've never seen a love story basically tell you that like, it's okay to love yourself and follow your own dreams. Sometimes it doesn't work out. I've never seen a, a movie tell that story yeah, yeah. before. And I was like, that's pretty good. <laughs> I like when movies tell you like, it's okay. Like that's why that's one of the reasons I love. Um, have you seen treasure planet? Yes, I have. That's part. That's one of the reasons I love treasure planet because it tells you it's like, Hey, it's okay to give up on your dreams sometimes. Cause sometimes that's going to like hurt you in the end. Yeah. It's a good message. I don't know. Like, I mean, if it's killing you, stop. Yeah, I agree. You ever seen Blue Valentine? I have not. That is one of the most depressing films ever made. Oh, no. It's about a uh, a marriage falling apart. And it's Ryan Gosling and Michelle Williams who are just like, I think it, it tells, like, it, it flashes back from, like, beginning of the relationship to current relationship falling apart. And they're both just so intense. And it's just a rough rough mm. movie but they are brilliant in it uh yeah gosling is a committed performer yeah i have, I have to check it out because he, he's, he's really good like lars and the real girl is like an art it's an artistic movie but it's good i like that why does it say i'm looking at his page why does it say he was in parasite that is a very good question let's find out why why i don't like that it also says Steve Carell was in Parasite. I'm very confused. I don't know if I trust Google anymore. What is it? Um... <laughs> um, all right. I'm on his IMDb page. Uh, I don't see anything about him being in Parasite. Uh, it wasn't. It's not on the IMDb page. If you go on Google, click on like movies, and you scroll down, there it is. Parasite. All right, Ryan Gosling. That is okay. Why is, it... why is 
that what yeah i know that is such bullshit why is that uh, all right so some that's a, that's an algorithm fucking up because no, i've seen parasite a few times ryan gosling and steve carell are not in are that. not in that movie yeah that's weird man <laughs> Jesus. Oh. Check, movie, oh, check your sources folks yeah dude <laughs> the movie that i the movie of his that I haven't seen that I really want to see is Drive. I just feel mm. like it came out. It, did, uh, it didn't come out at the same time as Baby Driver. I don't think. No, definitely not. But I feel yeah. like it's like the same type of movie. And I like Baby Driver a lot. Yeah. Not even. No, Drive is very different. It's a really? uh, he's a stunt driver, but there's not a lot of driving in the movie. It's actually a pretty misleading title. But he's um, he owes some debt to the mob. Um, he falls in love with this girl. Uh been a long time since i saw it but i remember it was really good uh yeah i I recommend it it's it's a solid watch a lot of people playing characters outside of their comfort zones which is cool Mm -hmm. i was like that um like the bad guy is the dude who voiced marlin in finding nemo what the fuck but he's playing a hardcore scary gangster like that's weird yeah it's a pretty good movie um, I know Gosling was attached to a Wolfman remake that might still happen. Uh, we haven't really gotten any info on that since it was announced, but I'm I'm hopeful. Like him as the Wolfman? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Like when the Invisible Man came out, it was a huge hit right before the world ended. Uh, oh, right. Blum- Blumhouse announced like we're doing Wolfman, we're doing Dracula. And Ryan Gosling came to them with an idea and he's like, we're going to do Wolfman. And then it was just crickets for three oh, years. Oh, that's right, because they wanted to do, like, the classic horror movies again. Yeah. Was The Mummy with Tom Cruise, was that their mummy? Was that the remake of The Mummy? Yeah, that was what was supposed to start, what they called the Dark Universe. And then The Mummy was such a colossal bomb, they completely erased all plans for that. And then when The Invisible Man was a big success, they kind of reignited plans and started workshopping those again. But then COVID hit and all of it kind of just went away. I could honestly see, I think it would be so cool because I love old like retro horror. Like, you know, like um, it came from the swamp. I think that's what it's called. Or Dracula, just the haunted house, spooky, scary skeleton type shit. It's it's a vibe. I like it. Yeah, for sure. We haven't really explored a lot of those films on this podcast. We did Dracula, uh, the 31 Dracula uh, a while back. That's about as, I think that's the most recent one I can remember us doing. I'd like to explore some more of those films. You haven't done the Keanu Reeves one? No, no, we have not. <laughs> I kind of like that one. I'm not going to lie. I, I kind of don't. <laughs> I really don't. Everyone in that movie who isn't Gary Oldman is completely miscast. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Keanu Reeves is awful in that movie. Yeah, I don't know it what Keanu Reeves, right? I'm not a psychopath. Yeah, it's Keanu Reeves. It's Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder. Jeez. And yeah, that movie could be so great. But I, to me, I don't know. This isn't the time, but fuck it, I'll say it. I don't think they've ever really done Dracula right. And mm. I, there's been some movies that have gotten close, but no one's ever captured the Dracula I remember from the book, who's this mindless beast who wants to kill everything. And I want that Dracula. I'm tired of this, you know, I must find my love Dracula. Like, book Dracula didn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's pretty bullshit. Um, well, if I fucking... Um, uh, shit, what's his name? 
the lighthouse, Robert Eggers. Yeah. I mean, he was going to do news for Atu. Yeah, he was. But then people didn't really watch the North man. So he started retooling his entire film oh. slate, which blows because the North man kicked ass and deserved way more attention. Man, dude. If you want Dracula, I'm trying to think there is a, well, midnight mass. It's not Dracula, but it's a vampire show. It's very good. And then there's a Dracula show on Netflix. It only has like three episodes, but each one's like an hour and a half long. That one's pretty decent. Heard that's pretty good. Closest I've ever gotten to a Dracula that I really respected was Fright Night. And Mm. that's not even supposed to be Dracula. I just see him as a modern Dracula. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but I digress. Actually, if you want a really good Dracula movie, um, terrifying. Uh, Hotel Transylvania. (laughs) wonderful I've heard, I've heard the box office numbers in part four are pretty goddamn scary to to sony so yeah i believe oh it. no <laughs> um and gary rice plays holly march's daughter uh she plays betty brant in the mcu spider-man films and was also in the beguiled senior year and the miniseries mayor of east town and she's hilarious i love this kid who just inserts herself into every situation because she yes. knows her dad's going to fucking die by accident if she's not there. <laughs> so I, when I was watching this movie, everything they did, I, was, I said out loud, I was like, yep, 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 that's right. That's exactly what I would do. The only time I didn't do that is with the girl, because fuck that. I'm not getting in my dad's trunk. Are you kidding me? But when that happened, I laughed very loudly because that's hilarious. I love that he just closes the trunk and hands his keys to the valet. And he's like, I'm not, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like, I can't take a car like this, sir. And then she's oh. like, and then he just lets his daughter go. He's like, he's like, go, go have fun in this porn star party. <laughs> I love the whole like, don't say and stuff thing that he keeps doing. Yeah. That's his only bit of parenting in the entire movie. <laughs> but she was great uh, working with them. I thought she had great chemistry with both of them. And uh, I didn't realize she was Betty Brant in Spider-Man. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Matt Bomer plays the assassin John Boy. Uh, Bomer starred on the USA series White Collar, as well as films like Magic Mike, In Time, The Normal Heart, The Magnificent Seven, and he plays Negative Man on the DC series Doom Patrol. And uh, he's pretty scary. This dude just shows up and starts executing everybody. <laughs> yeah, the part where he, um, when he's inside of their house, that part's intense. That's scary. I love the like the recurring gag of him being named after the Waltons guy, and everyone just brings up the Waltons. Yeah, I love that. I've, I've never seen the Waltons, but I know the whole like "Good Night, John Boy" reference. And yeah, uh, Margaret Qualley plays the amateur porn star Amelia. Qualley played Pussycat in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and was also in the miniseries Fosse Verdon and the TV series The Leftovers. She's set to play iconic actress and dancer Ginger Rogers in the upcoming Fred and Ginger opposite Jamie Bell as Fred Astaire. And I fucking hated Amelia. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Oh, my God, dude. When I found out what, like, the... I feel like this movie has two plots. It has, like, the main plot and then the subplot. When the subplot unveiled itself, I rolled my eyes. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I was like, dude. I was like, come on, fucking... I was, um... I was, um... Leonardo DiCaprio's character in once upon a time in hollywood i was like oh fucking hippies i was like come on dude i was like come on like <laughs> like i believe in global warming too i want to save the birds just as much as you do what the fuck are you guys doing oh my god i hate that mentality of like we got to save the world man and then you don't do fucking anything no 
I let's hate make that. a porno with a plot. That'll that'll get that'll get the people going. <laughs> I think the funny thing is, I I don't think they needed to kill everybody. This I don't think the porno was going to do fucking anything. <laughs> yeah, no, no. That's the funniest part. There would have been no fallout until they started killing everybody. About yeah, exactly. Oh. But yeah, Amelia was just so fucking self-righteous and then just wanders into John Boy's path. It's like, I was kind of like, good for him when he, when he took her out. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. I, um, I, was, I was a little shocked when that happened. I was like, oh, fuck. I was like, everything they just worked for is fucking gone. Nice job, Amelia. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. And finally, Oscar winner Kim Basinger plays Judith Kuttner, the head of the Justice Department and our bad guy. She won her Oscar for her performance in 1997's L.A. Confidential. It was also in Batman, Nine and a Half Weeks, The Natural, Eight Mile, and recently the last two Fifty Shades of Grey movies. So she's doing great. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, L.A. Confidential is a fucking awesome. It's like a serious version of this. I haven't seen it, but uh, I do. I liked this movie enough to I want to watch more movies like this. Um, like buddy cop movies I've seen I've seen you know like, like 21 Jump Street Men in Black I don't care what you say Men in Black is for sure a buddy cop movie yeah. um, Turner and Hooch even buddy cop movie <laughs> um, you'll like LA Confidential because it's Russell Crowe a young Russell Crowe as like a hard headed cop and then Guy Pierce Mondego from Count of Monte Cristo is his idealistic young partner maybe I have seen it then that does sound pretty familiar maybe yeah, it's a good one. It's a good watch. And I think it's funny that Russell Crowe is basically playing that again in again. <laughs> guys with Kim Basinger again. Uh, so the nice guys has an IMDb score of 7.3 rotten tomato score of 91%. Despite its critical acclaim, it wasn't a big success grossing only 62 million on a budget of 50 million. So it only made $12 million and it was annihilated at the box office by get this, the Angry Birds movie. No, what the fuck, dude? Are you kidding me? Yep, I was there. I remember the, the I remember delivering so much food to the fucking Angry Birds because it was a kids movie. Kids movies always win every oh time. Oh my god, dude. Fuck. <laughs> like it's not. It's a cute movie. It's it's not like it's not it, it definitely it's not I will say it's not as bad as like the emoji movie. But Angry Birds movie started it all. The second we start making movies out of apps, I think culture has started to die. Yeah. Uh, so we got to watch that shit. Oh, um, yeah, I can't believe that. Like, people are always complaining about, you know, movies. Nothing original comes out anymore. Where's the, you know, something new that's not Marvel or a remake? Well, it was right here. And y'all fuckers went and saw Angry Birds. So <laughs> what, do you, what do you want? Uh, yeah uh so with that let's let's go through some highlights of of the nice guys talk about some funny moments some cool scenes um right out the gate porn star crashes into a kid's house as he's looking at the at the nudie mag with her in it that's an interesting way to open your movie (laughs) so i thought about this right um um if i was in the kid situation and the car went through my house i wouldn't be worried about the people in the car I'm like, oh shit, my parents are going to wake up and I have this porn magazine in my hand. I got to get rid of this thing like now. I would be worried for my own safety, not the car, my own safety. If I was a kid that age and I had 
went through so much work to sneak a porno mag. And then a car crashes through my house and the fucking porn star I'm looking at is in the car. I'm going to devote my life to Christ because miracles do happen. <laughs> I'm, I'm never looking at porn again. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yep. I'll be so I'll be like, fuck, what did I do? Like, this is my fault. Yeah. I think he felt a bit of that. Cause he, you know, he covered her boobs with his, with his shirt. I think he felt this moment of like, somehow I did this. Coming out of watching a bunch of Cronenberg movies before watching this, when the kid took his shirt off, I was like, oh no. But then, you know, he, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. I was like, <laughs> oh, God. They're, not all Cronenberg. they're not all Cronenberg. Yeah. Thank God. He took his shirt off and I was like, no, <laughs> I like how also her dead body was like laying there in the same exact configuration as it was in the magazine. Yeah. I thought that was, a, that was a cool shot. I like that. That was a cool shot. Uh, then we meet Jackson Healy, who gives the great pearl of marriage is buying a house for someone you hate. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, I like when we first in, uh, meet him, he goes over and he's like, what does he say? What do you say? Oh, because the guy is like um, the creepy guy is talking to that miner in his house, yeah. like smoking pot. And the creepy guy is like, uh, he's like, yeah, who's the guy? Who's the guy? Yeah. And then the girl leaves. She and then Russell Crowe knocks on his door and is like, he's like, are you the guy? And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Bah! <laughs> <laughs> don't don't hang out with little kids or something like that. <laughs> and just walks away. <laughs> I love. Yeah, I love his introduction. And then um, Holland March, who is just terrible at his job. But wants to be so good. I love when he tries to break into the into the club and slices his arm open. <laughs> and they cut cut to the ambulance, and they're like, "We're losing him." <laughs> Jesus, That's a, oh, that was great. I like how when we first meet him, he's in the tub full of water, and he's in his full suit. That was, that was a great visual. That was a great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> as soon as I saw that, I was like, "Oh, I love this guy already." <laughs> Oh, yeah. You're just wondering, like, is he an alcoholic? Does he not give a shit? Like, what's he on? Because you don't just end up in a bathtub in your suit. Yeah. Something happened. <laughs> uh, but then we find out that's just his kind of day to day. Yeah. I like how they, um, you know, like they imply that he's not the best parent. They imply that he's an alcoholic. But I like how with a movie like this, I hate when movies like this is obviously a comedy. But then when they try to, like, they're like, oh, but we need, like, a redemption arc. They don't, like, really. I mean, they, they do, but they don't really need him to get better. He does. He does get better at the end. But they, I feel like they did it in a certain way to where it felt natural. Like, they didn't have to, like, shoehorn him being like, I'm sorry. I was a terrible father. I'll do better. Yeah. Yeah, because really, it's like, I, I, like, I probably won't do better. No, but yeah, exactly. I'm going to try. <laughs> and I like that. It's really, this whole movie is like, you know. We're all doing our fucking best. Like, just we're trying. Like, shit's hard. Life is fucking hard. If I wasn't, um, I liked what he had written on his hand so much that I, I had a second of I want, I want that tattoo really bad. You will never be happy. Well, no, yeah, no, no. But after when he gets smudged, I feel like that's a positive message. I like that a lot. <laughs> true, true. I was going to talk you out of that one, but that's true. Yeah. I like that. Um. I love when, so when Healy gets put onto March's uh, tail, we get that brief little flashback that shows how he left his wife 
where his wife's just like, I'm fucking mad. And he chokes on his drink and he's just like, (laughs) and that's it. That's all we get from that. Yep. Yep. (laughs) That was brilliant. (laughs) I'm fucking your father. (laughs) How do you, that's exactly how you respond to that. You choke and you're just like, hyperventilate. (laughs) (laughs) Then Healy goes to March's place. Tells him, you know, stop looking for Amelia. He's like, you get the message. He just keeps going, yes. And then reaching for his gun. He's like, how about now? Yep, got it. I got it. I fucking love that. I love that he's just a dude who just wants to do his job and get out. He didn't, he, he didn't, I mean, he intimidated um, Ryan Gosling very well. But the way he was just like, hey, just have a quick message for you. Stop following her around, please. <laughs> I love when he, did, he grabs his arm he's like no 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 when you go to the hospital tell the doctor you have a radial fracture he's like what pop <laughs> and he just like whine screams yep. no no my favorite bit of that whole scene is when he leaves the house and runs into his daughter and his daughter's like you want a yoohoo and he's like you kidding me <laughs> of course I want a yoohoo I haven't had one of these in years. And then he, when he goes back to his apartment, he has like a giant case of Yoohoo's. Bro, I love Yoohoo's so fucking much. They are so good. I don't think I've ever had a Yoohoo. What? I love chocolate milk and I've never had a Yoohoo. It's not chocolate milk. It's chocolate drink. Oh, okay. Because well, there's no milk in it. So they mm. can't call it chocolate milk. All right. You're, you're losing me. No, 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 no. <laughs> Try it because it's, it's really fucking good. Like really good. All right. Next time I'm out and about and I see one, I, w- I will pick up a Yoohoo. There you go. <laughs> uh, so March and Healy realize they got to work together after Healy shows up at the bowling alley and March is taking a shit with a gun. I love that. That might be my favorite part of the whole movie. And he's yeah. like, you think I'm fucking stupid? And the door keeps closing on him. <laughs> he's like, look away. He's like, fuck, never mind. Right? Look at me. <laughs> God damn. It's like, how about fuck you? You broke my arm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. The shit they just, I love whenever Je- like Healy's saying something, got, like March is just like, no, no, not true. <laughs> just talking over him. <laughs> <laughs> Their dynamic is so good. Like, this is what I'm saying, man. Like, I don't know. Like, so, okay, is Ryan Gosling bad at his job? Or is he a, is he actually a PI or is he a, was he scamming people? He was a, I think he was a, a licensed PI who didn't give a fuck. He was just like after his wife died, he didn't care anymore. So he was just scamming people or taking advantage of like the old woman who, you know, he, he kept billing for finding his her daughter, like her niece he knew was dead. Like, yeah, that's just he just didn't care anymore. I didn't think she was dead, honestly. I like that twist a little time. I think we'll get into it in a second, but that little twist at the end, yeah. I kind of like because I kind of saw that coming. I was like, I don't. I was like, I think she's still alive or something. Yeah, I had a feeling of like, something's not right here. Um, I want to go to the protest group. Oh, God, dude. That part was fucking hilarious. He was like, okay, I'll bring you to Amelia. And then he gets there and he's like, this is a protest group. Goodbye. And he's like, whoa, fuck, what are you talking about? (laughs) Fucking chat. (laughs) Fucking chat. (laughs) Oh, that kid is like, you want to see my dick? And he's like, you're 13. (laughs) 
Yeah. Oh God. Oh. Um, yeah, the protest group when he's just they're talking to everyone and they're like, We're dead, we can't hear you. And March steps on one of them and he's like, the guy groans, he's like, Oh sorry, I thought you were dead. <laughs> yeah. Just mocking these idiots. Oh, that was great. I love what, how he just, just the line he says to get their attention. Which one of you cock and balls wants to make 20 bucks? The kid just raises his hand. Yeah. That is a beautiful line. <laughs> Which one of you cock and balls want to make 20 bucks? <laughs> oh, then they kick. So he brings him to the house. It's burned down. And he's like, oh, yeah, they used to make experimental films here. And they're they're both like, you mean porn? And he's like, no, <laughs> experimental <laughs> film. And that kid rolls on the bike. And he's like, hey, if you talk to them, they'll give you 20 bucks. He's like, I didn't say that. <laughs> I love after the, like, you want to see my deck? He's like, we already gave you 20 bucks. He's like, what am I saying? negotiating (laughs) oh man the whole time i'm watching this i'm like why isn't this considered a modern classic like what what happened because there's so many good there's so many good funny moments like i was getting um i feel like uh if this movie didn't exist the heat wouldn't because i love the heat but i was i think you know the Heat with, with uh, Sandra Bullock and Melissa McCarthy? Yeah. Is that before this? Yeah, that came out three years earlier. Oh, shit. But yeah, like, why is that? I feel like that's talked about more than this movie today. I don't... There's something with comedies. It's... There's either, like, it's either iconic and everybody knows about it, or it's underground. Like, there's no middle ground with comedies. Like, yeah. And I feel like the nice guys somehow missed the boat. But... It doesn't deserve that. It's such a great movie. It's this yes. should be more well known. Yes, a kid says, "Do you want to see my dick?" And then Ryan Gosling replies, "We already gave you twenty bucks." And then Russell Crowe says, "What are you doing? Stop!" <laughs> How is that? Come on. Nobody tells the guy like, uh, "What's his name?" Something hat, hat rack, and he's like, "Nobody's name is Hat Rack." <laughs> yeah. And then they see the billboard, Sid Shattuck Productions. Yep. They go to his house and it's like this observatory cool place full of porn stars. Uh, I love when Ryan Gosling gets super drunk and backflips off the fucking hill. <laughs> and later, later, Russell Crowe's like, what are you doing? Like, I'm trying to find, like, I'm trying to do my job. What are you doing? And Ryan Gosling is like, I. <laughs> he was like, I was interviewing the mermaids. What were you doing? <laughs> I love in the background, you can see him swimming in the fucking tank. Yeah. Jesus. I love when he, he trips and falls right onto the body and he's like, he has this moment where he's like <laughs> he's trying to scream his name. It was straight out of Abbott and Costello. Like, that's a great reference. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> uh, he sees Amelia and she like runs away and he's like, hey, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just looking for my gun. <laughs> oh, he's like, got it. <laughs> Jesus, man! Oh, I love it. Um, and then when Healy shows up with the body, and he's like, "Like, how did you get down here so fast?" He's like, "Did you, did you fall?" He's like, "No." <laughs> oh, when they when they lift the body over the fence right onto the fucking party, 
<laughs> just that was fucking great. I like before they moved the body, Russell Crowe was like, okay, here's the plan. First, we're going to puke, and then we're going to move the body. <laughs> oh, man. And yeah, so everyone connected to this movie, How Do You Like My Car, Big Boy, is being executed for some reason. Yeah. Uh, and they get approached by the Justice Department lady who's like, hey, my daughter is Amelia. And I will pay. I'm hiring you. I love when she starts writing 10000 And he's like, we couldn't possibly do it for less than $5,000. And she's like, very well. And she crumbles. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> he winks. He's like, he's like, yeah, I got it. <laughs> uh, the, the character, the, the blue face character gave me the fucking creeps, man. Yeah, he was from the get go. He was you, you knew this guy was going to like he was unstable. He was going to do something stupid. Yeah, uh, I do love when he opens the, the die pack and it just explodes in his face. And Crow is yeah. like, "I tried to tell you. I mean, you know, I must hold it for a friend." Uh-huh. Exactly. And then later at the party, he's like, "If you see a guy with a blue face, let me know." <laughs> and he fucking kills him. Yeah, yeah, man, that was brutal. Mm. Yeah, it's aggressive. I wish he had. I know he couldn't because you know, you know, murder. I guess is a crime. You can't kill people. But I wish he had like. Because when they first, when Russell Crowe and um, Blueface first meet, he says, "Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to feed you that gun for breakfast." So then, and he like he, the Blueface takes the fish out of the fish tank. He's like, "Here's your fucking breakfast." And Russell Crowe's like, "You came here to make me eat fish? Like what?" <laughs> I wish what he had done when he was Blueface, you know, because he gets hit by that car. He's dying in the middle of the street. Russell Crowe standing over his body. He like chokes him to kill him. I wish he had actually like shoved the gun in his mouth and pulled the trigger. I feel like I, I think it would have been cool if he like literally fed him the gun. Like he shoved the gun down his throat and choked him that way. Oh my God. That would have been brutal. That's hard. Yeah, this isn't a Cronenberg movie. Right? Then it stops being a comedy. <laughs> you can't yeah. do that shit in a comedy. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, 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 stop, stop. Goddamn. Oh, that's great. Um, one of my favorite bits is when they're deciphering the uh, the pig note about the uh, the flat. <laughs> and Ryan Gosling's like, you know, it's not the airport, right? It means like it's flat, and that's an ad- like that's an address. And then they go to the building, and it's being like it's been demolished. And then they're like, maybe the airport. <laughs> I, I love, love how, how that unfolds. Yeah, how com- just over and over again, Ryan Gosling's character is confidently wrong, and I love that. <laughs> I love how patient Russell Crowe is. Like, it's really a testament to yeah. him that he the whole time he doesn't just clock Ryan Gosling in the face. Yeah, they really, they truly do make a really good team. Yeah. Like some buddy cop movies, I'm like, no, there's no way. But this movie makes like um, I was gonna say the nice guys. That's this movie. What's the movie with um, Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg? Oh, the other guys. I love there's, the other guys. Yeah, but I do too. But there's no fucking way that that dynamic works. In real life at all. But this this dynamic, 100%, I could see. I could see this being an actual business. People call the nice guys. Yeah, I wish we'd gotten more. I want to see more adventures with these two. I really do, too. Yeah. Um, I love when they go to the airport hotel and they just, they, could, they get in the elevator. They hear gunshots. They look out. Guy gets shot. They just go right back in. And the dude flies out the fucking window and they're just like, 
we just start realizing we might be in over our heads. That's why I say I think this is probably the most realistic buddy cut movie out there because any other movie they're like, let's get ready for a fight. They'll like load up their guns and shit. They'll get into some crazy shootout. But this movie they see that and they're like, yeah, no, fuck that. We're we're not doing that. <laughs> well, then they have the moment of like, we got to go back in. Gosling's like, fuck that. Go back in. We're not going back in. <laughs> yeah. What if he's up there killing her right now? And then she falls in the fucking car. <laughs> Takes a shot at them, trips. They pick her up, put her in the back. They go to they go to March's house. Mm-hmm. Like, I love it. And then I love how God, I hate her so much, but she wakes up and she's like, "You guys were supposed to come up there and save me. Like you shot us." Yeah, her, I hate how fucking ungrateful she is. It's it's great. Her character in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is very similar. So I wonder. Like, this actress better do something else because I'm starting to hate her. Oh, no. <laughs> I know it's not her fault, but her characters are very despicable. Yeah. Just yeah. like John Bernthal. I hate him because of Shane. <laughs> and I guess the Punisher isn't a likable guy either. So I, that's, that's a whole nother. <laughs> that's debatable. <laughs> Would I hang out with him? No. Would I go to him for help? Absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what that's what I mean. He's 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 not he's not a he's not a he's not a nice guy. But if I if there, if any Marvel if I can trust any Marvel superhero to handle my situation if it's that severe, I'm going to the Punisher first because that part that that isn't like the issue isn't going to come back in six months if I yeah, go to him. <laughs> I would go to I would. Just, I mean, it's it is 100 just because I'm fa- I'm a fanboy, but I'd go to like comic book Spider Man. You know, because because he because he, he kills people straight up. He doesn't give a fuck. Either. A lot of Marvels, you know, a lot of Marvels heroes just confidently murder people. Oh yeah, my fa- this is way off, but um, my favorite comic storyline of Spider Man is the Kingpin uh, tries to kill Aunt May, and Spider Man is like, "Fuck that!" Because he finds out it's Kingpin, and he's like, "Fuck that!" No one's touching Aunt May. So not even in costume. He's just he's in his normal clothes. He goes to Kingpin and is like, "Hey, surprise, bitch! I oh, because he he because Kingpin knows that Spider Man is Peter Parker. So as Peter Parker, he goes to Kingpin's lair, beats the absolute shit out of him, and he like puts his like web, you know, blaster up against his nose, and he's like, "Listen, if you ever fucking touch my family again, I will drown you in web fluid. Spider Man won't, but Peter Parker will." Jesus Christ! Yeah. <laughs> That's a badass line. Yeah. I love that. Damn. I love it, dude. I love it so much. That is, that's cool. Yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll go to him too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. I'm honestly surprised nobody has tried to like become the Punisher. Like yeah, it's, yeah. An, it's an easily, I mean, it's not, you know, there's gonna be some baggage, but it's doable. If you have like special forces training and an arsenal, you could be the Punisher. Right now, <laughs> illegal. <laughs> but I mean, like you can't, you know, put yourself in the phone book, like you know, punish, like you know, we punish you. You can't do that. <laughs> oh God. Um, well, actually, I, I, so going back to the nice guys and sort yeah. of what you just said with the ad and the Punisher. So they have a business. Yeah. These two guys, they they make they make you know the nice guys detective agency, but they're obviously not operating inside the law because they're not cops. So I wonder, like, what's the difference between this and, like, 
being a vigilante. Like, because in this movie, the cops come and they don't arrest them. But if it was like Batman, they would have arrested him. I, I don't know. There's a certain amount of, of leeway that private investigators are given. A lot of them are ex-cops. So that's also mm-hmm. the cops won't arrest former cops, you know, that brotherhood thing. Yeah. But I think a lot of it is also, you know, they have a license carry. They, I don't, I'm not sure. I think it's just mostly that brotherhood thing. Yeah. But I've always, I, I looked in, I wanted to be a private investigator when I was a kid. And then I realized yeah. I got to do a lot of extra steps. So yeah, yeah. you might die. You might die. I'm basically just snap. You're basically just snapping pictures of cheating husbands and cheating wives. That's most. That's what most of it is. <laughs> Very rarely do you end up in a automotive conspiracy like the nice guys. <laughs> Which I've never. I've never. I liked that plot because you know it's usually like oh like Russians or terrorists selling diamonds for nuclear codes. No, this is just like hey we want we want to make more cars. <laughs> yeah, that's. I like that it, it kind of, you know, shows the, the evil of capitalism because the big three oh, yeah. have always ruled the car industry. They still do in America. Yeah. Nothing's changing that, especially not a porno projected on the side of a building during a... No. The whole plan was so stupid. They did, like I reiterate, they didn't need to do anything. No, they didn't. Ah, Jesus. Uh, one of my favorite moments is when March falls asleep at the wheel. Yeah. The way they gradually tell you that from the ankle holster that turns out to not be real yeah <laughs> to the b- giant bee just talking to him i love that so much so at first i didn't realize he was asleep because russell Crowe's like hey you can let go of the wheel the car drives itself i was like i was like well that's fucking cool i was like i wish that they brought this up sooner because that's really cool i love he's like i didn't know the car could do that and Crow's like all cars do that yeah and when he said that i was like oh okay i was like all right <laughs> he's asleep <laughs> That was done so well. He's just like, hey, wake up, March. Wake up. And he's like, wake, wake up. up. Wake up. <laughs> Jesus. Great stuff. Uh, and then the whole ending at the at the uh, automotive thing where I love seeing Keith David. He's a prolific voice actor. You may remember him as the president on Rick and Morty. Yes. <laughs> he was also in, uh, what movie did I just watch where he was in? And he played the exact same character, but it's all fine. <laughs> oh, dude, he voices um. He also voices the bad guy in um, Princess and the Frog, who is one of my favorite Disney villains. Oh, right on. I I saw like twenty minutes of that movie when I was donating blood. I, I never I haven't seen the rest. You know, finish it. I like I like his character in that movie, the villain, because he's not um because he's a he's a witch doctor in the movie. Yeah. Um. And I like how he's he's a villain because he, you know he's made contact with like the spirit world and they'll like brutally murder him if he doesn't do what they say. So I, I've always liked that. You know, like where the main bad guy is not the bad guy, it's actually the henchman. Yeah, that's a cool trope. I like that too. Fuck, what movie was it that I just watched and he was in that movie? And I was like, oh, it's the same character. Keith David, he's prolific. He does a lot of work. I know. I'm trying to scroll through and oh my god, I'm never gonna find it. Oh, he's in the thing. Maybe that was it. Forget, yeah, he's know. Childs. I forgot about that. Awesome. Uh, yeah, they live. Uh, yeah, he's awesome. Hmm. And he gets fucked up. <laughs> he gets rolled yeah. out, out the roof. Love that. And the same thing happened uh, to him that happened to um, Ryan Gosling's character at that party at the very beginning 
not at the very beginning, not like halfway through. And he's like, I'm going to kill you. And he's like, wait, you'll never hear from me again. And he's like, okay, where are you going to go? And he's like, what is that? He's like, Minnesota. And I was like, all right, sounds good. <laughs> and I love it. Once again, Gosling falls off the roof and this end crow is like, I told you to go to the roof. He looks at him. He realizes he's all wet. And I'm like, did you, did you fall? <laughs> Again, <laughs> uh, I'm surprised uh, John Boy didn't kill Chet. He just beat the shit out of him. Yeah, same. Yeah, that's a that's a that's what do you call it? That's a loose end. Well, I feel like I think I'm pretty, I think Chet still died of his wounds. I mean, it's pretty fucked up. And then thrown in the garbage can. He's got some infection going on. And it didn't. I don't think Healy got him out of the garbage can either. <laughs> he oh, definitely not. Yeah, fuck Chet. Yeah, uh, they Chet. get the film. They're all happy, and then it turns out nobody cared, and thought, no, nobody went to nobody went to jail. Which I liked because that would happen. Yeah, there's no way a porno film is going to exonerate or like condemn anybody in and the even automotive if, industry. Exactly, and even if people like saw that and were like, "Oh fuck," they wouldn't give a shit. They'd be like, "Okay, yeah." We all know. That cars kill people. The exhaust is terrible. Exactly. We all know they're profiting off of suffering. Nobody gives a shit. Exactly, and it's it's. I mean, it's sad, but it's the same thing. Like, like Amazon, everybody yeah. knows that their workers are treated like absolute shit, but no one is going to do anything because they make so much fucking money. Every politician in America is a liar and a crook, regardless of what side you're on. We all know yeah. that. Nobody cares. It's such yep, a yep. weird disconnect in this country where we just we all know who the bad guys are. We just don't care. Exactly. Yep. And I love that this movie uses that as its climax. Like, yeah, we know who the bad guys are. We know what they did, but fuck off. <laughs> Woo! I like the fake out that Ryan Gosling did um, when he like pretends to be drunk. Yeah. Because yeah, I truly thought he was. I love when his daughter throws coffee on, on Tally and it's like cold. <laughs> He's like, why did you throw cold coffee on me? He's like, I like where your mind's at, sweetheart. Good, good try. Yeah. I think I don't know because it's not it's not deadpan delivery. It's just seamless delivery to where you have to be quick to pick up on the jokes. There is a it's a it's an art form, comedic timing. Yes, and very few films have it this good. And when it's good, oh my god, does it snap? And it's great. And yes, it, you remember it. So that's that's what I think. Okay, so the heat. So the yes. heat by bridesmaids. I feel like is its own. Carnetto trilogy <laughs> not not really but you know they're all in the same but they're all very very funny movies i think but mm-hmm. the way that they their comedic timing is different than this movie because i don't say they like pause with their jokes but you can tell when a joke is coming they're yeah. very blatant jokes but this movie i mean it's still bla- like you can't get more obvious than throwing a pot of cold coffee on someone you can't get more obvious than, you know, Ryan Gosling with his pants down in the bathroom with a gun. <laughs> but I don't know what it is about this movie, but they, they seem like, I don't know, they seem very fast and witty with it. I don't know. Well, I've, often, I've, I've heard people say, like, the hardest things to do in film is to scare people and to make people laugh. And there's a yeah. certain X factor that goes into that that is hard to explain, but we all recognize it. And I, I love that. It's like this kind of, you know, mystical energy that just kind of, shows up when it's needed mm-hmm. and i i love that about the, this kind of film mm-hmm. yeah Very exactly cool. uh so yeah we we end with them forming a an agency and i love when he, he tells russell crowe like sorry you look filipino <laughs> yeah. 
And I'm like, most movies that deal with a, with a drunken cop, it ends with, oh, at least you're not drinking anymore. And he's like, yeah, that's true. But in this movie, it was the exact opposite. He was like, hey, at least you're drinking again. He's like, yeah, I know. Never felt better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, want a, I want another adventure. I want more. It has I, to be. God. I, Look, maybe, we, maybe we could bring it back. Hashtag resurrect the nice guys. Yeah. If, if 21 Jump Street can warn a sequel, this movie can warn a sequel. Yes. Ah. Because 20, 22 Jump Street was fine, but it definitely didn't need to happen. Did you know that there was going to be a, a third movie, but it was going to be a crossover with Men in Black? Oh, fuck. That would have been. That would have been funny as shit. They were going to join the Men in Black. <laughs> I don't remember what killed that movie. I, I don't remember, but something happened where like it all fell apart. But that, that was going to happen. Yeah. Ugh, that would have been cool. Ice Cube's the new head of the fucking Men in Black. Fuck yeah, dude. I liked the third Men in Black movie. I don't know why you get shitted on so much. I liked it. I thought it was fine. Did that get a lot of shit? I, I thought that was a good one, too. The one where they go back in time? Yeah, the one where goes back in time and Josh Brolin plays a young Tommy Lee Jones. First of all, wonderful. That Whoever was, thought that of that. Beautiful. That was brilliant. Genius. <laughs> yeah, that movie was very fun, endearing. The ending made me cry. Like, Men in Black 3 was great. Yeah. And then uh, what's the one? I kind of also liked the other one, too. I don't think it was... It, was, it wasn't... Um, wasn't awful. It wasn't great. The one with um, Thor. Oh, Chris uh, Thor. Man in Black International. Yeah, I thought that was fine. I didn't see it. You didn't see? It? Yeah, it was fine. It's the same. It's the same with. Uh, well, it's not the same as Ghostbusters because the 2017 Ghostbusters was not a good movie. But uh, I think I think it was a, it was an okay movie, horrible Ghostbuster movie. But this was an okay movie, an okay Man in Black movie. Men in Black seems like such a like a potentially profitable series still. I'm surprised they haven't tried to go back. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. But the Nice Guys did not get a sequel. Or a he also tried to pitch it as a continuation for it, like as a TV series, but nobody wanted that either. Like it didn't do well enough for anybody to care about it anymore. Even Netflix can't I'm, dude, like Netflix is making everything. Like, come on. I know. I want Netflix or HBO Max or somebody to get a hold of this and give us like a limited series of them just doing an adventure. I mean, yeah. they're both not busy at the moment. Yeah. Let them, let them do it. Yeah. Well, here are some film guys and facts for the nice guys. This first one, I couldn't fucking believe this. The body of Sid Shattuck, the porn guy that Gosling falls onto, is Robert Downey Jr., Fucking what? Wearing a fake beard in an uncredited cameo. He and Shane Black are good friends. They've done a lot of work together. So he played the corpse for him. <laughs> oh my God. I fucking love that. <laughs> That's fucking beautiful. I love that he's this, you know, $100 million huge superstar. And his buddy calls him. He's like, hey, you want to be a body in my new movie? <laughs> Dude, I love. Okay. So have you seen Swiss Army Man? Yes, I have. And Radcliffe plays a dead body. Great movie. That's and then um also autopsy of Jane Doe is that is actually an actress, right? It's not like a model or anything. That's actually her. That was an actress, yes. Fuck, imagine that role. What's yeah. the script? I lay that movie. I was not expecting that to be what it was. I was very, I was very surprised and, and very well done. Yeah. That was a good one. Um, number two, 
The take with Ryan Gosling sitting against the tree next to the body of Sid Shattuck is an homage to Lou Costello, who specialized in long takes for something such as the mummy or Frankenstein's monster. Scared him so badly he couldn't make a sound, but eventually managed to yell his partner's name. Um, <laughs> Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein is a wonderful movie. I don't, I don't know if you've ever seen that. Mm. 1948. Uh, it's Bela Lugosi's Dracula, Lon Chaney Jr.'s Wolfman, and Glenn Strange as Frankenstein's monster, not Karloff, regrettably. But they all interact with Ab- uh, comedians Abbott and Co- uh, B- Bud Abbott and Lou Costello in this movie. That's just hilarious. And there's a scene where Costello like, is in a house of horrors trying not to get scared. And he opens a coffin and Dracula is there. And he's like, like trying to yell for his partner, but he can't quite <laughs> do it because he's so terrified. And this was a reference to that. And I love that movie. So I immediately was like, ah, that's cool. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that's that's great. a funny, a good, uh, really cool. Like one of the first ever crossovers. The first multiverse movie. Yeah, pretty much. It was only Bela Lugosi played Dracula only two times. And it was in Dracula 1931 and 1948's Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Interesting. Yeah. Karloff and Cheney played their characters many times. Lugosi, only twice. Very weird. Um, and number three, when promoting his program, The Loudest Voice on the Howard Stern Show, Russell Crowe said this was one of two films where he wishes there was a sequel as he liked playing the character. The other was L.A. Confidential. Yeah, man, come on. I mean, this movie needs a fucking sequel. It needs it. It does. It really does. And I, I'm hoping Shane Black is so discouraged by... The, the uh, backlash from the predator that he immediately goes back to like, well, what, what did people like? Yeah. Nice guys. Sorry. It doesn't, it doesn't need a sequel. It fucking deserves a sequel. Okay. Yeah, it does. It does. I want more. Um, I give this film a nine. It's hilarious. Engaging. Still an awesome watch. I'll never understand why more people didn't give it a chance, but it's got a firm place in my collection. Yeah. I was going to give it a 10 up until the end of the movie, just because I feel like that um, the shootout scene at the car place, I felt like it didn't, um, it didn't follow the flow of the movie. I felt like it was a little rushed. That's my only complaint is I don't really like, uh, I mean, I've, I've never liked shootout scenes. I don't know. Um, but yeah, wonderful movie. Very funny. I was laughing literally throughout the entire movie. Yeah, it's great. I, one scene I forgot to mention. When they're at the they're at March's house uh, during the shootout with John Boy and Russell Crowe's like, give me a gun. And he just chucks it through the fucking window. Yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> oh, that's a that's a good place to. All right. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, everyone. If you like the show, feel free to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Filmgasm Productions. If you want to suggest films for us to check out, you can always email us at filmgasm at gmail.com. Send us a message through the socials. If you want to support the show through Anchor, you can click on support this podcast on your podcast provider. We appreciate it. And as always, check out our website, filmgasm.com. Where we've got reviews, articles, trailers of upcoming movies and every episode of our shows. And here we are, 194 episodes of the Filmgasm podcast in the bag. We are now six episodes away from the 200th episode. So we are going to be doing something very fun. Episodes 195 to 199 will be comprised of five iconic legendary big horror movies and a fun little project we're calling the gauntlet. We're going to start next week with one of the greatest horror comedies of all time. 
London has been taken over by zombies and full-time slacker Sean doesn't even notice because all he wants to do is get his recently ex-girlfriend back in the 2004 Zom rom-com Sean of the Dead. <laughs> oh boy. That's, that is probably like, um, so Hook is my number one all-time favorite movie. Sean of the Dead is a very, very close second. That movie is so fucking good. I think it's the best zombie movie ever made. Seriously. Like Train to, Train to Busan is right there. But I feel like Shaun of the Dead has charm. It has a little something, a little, little something. It's more believable, more relatable, I feel like. It's so, so good. It's one of my favorite movies ever. I, I still remember the first time I saw it. I was like, this is not at all what I thought this was going to be, but I no. love this. <laughs> and everything in the movie happens like, oh, my God. Like, like uh, okay, with the, I know we're not even talking about the movie right now, but the scene where they're in the, in the Winchester at the very beginning of the movie and Ed is talking about what they're going to do the next day. They do that exact fucking thing the next day in the apocalypse. Every time I watch that movie, I notice a little something different. I, I hadn't seen before that. I'm like, Oh shit, there's more. It's such all three Cornettos are an intricately put together tapestry of brilliant filmmaking. Yes. And it began with Shaun of the dead. And I cannot wait to go into it next week. And all three movies have jokes throughout all three of them. Yeah. It's ah wonderful. I, I've been wanting to go into the Cornettos for so long. I'm so excited to finally do this. Yeah. Um, next week. Don't miss it. It's the first of five huge movies leading up to a very fun 200th. So happy. <laughs> uh, also, don't miss the 2016 Cabin Fever remake on Friday's Beyond the Bad and the 2018 drama First Reformed on Oscar Sunday. In the meantime, don't make a porno that threatens the automotive industry because odds are no one fucking gives a shit. And keep watching movies. Thank <laughs> you.